0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Still reading from Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 5. Now we've been reading from Chapter 5 for the past several weeks, which means we are still on that mountaintop. Jesus is still giving us his teaching about the vision of Christianity and how to live it out. And yet, in the passage for this weekend, I think this is probably the most difficult passage in the Gospels for us to hear. Notice what Jesus says. You have heard the commandment, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to injury. When a person strikes you on the right cheek, turn and offer him the other. If anybody wants to go to law over your shirt, offer him your tunic as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Give to the man who begs from you. Do not turn your back on the bower. Well, this is a very difficult passage for us to hear. And yet, what Jesus is trying to do here, he's trying to teach us how the Jews manipulated the Mosaic law in order for them to seek revenge or retaliation above and beyond with the Mosaic law governed. Now, we have to realize the importance of the Mosaic law. The Mosaic law, if you open your Bible to Exodus and Leviticus, this was the law that God gave to Moses in order to give to the Israelite people. If you go to Exodus, you see the classic story in which Moses climbs Mount Sinai and he spends 40 days and 40 nights, conversing with God. And during that time, God gives Moses the law. After a while, Moses comes down the mountain and begins to teach the people the law. Now, this law was no ordinary law. This law basically governed the Israelite people from the time they got up to the time they went to bed. It taught them how to eat, what to eat, how to dress, know, what to do throughout the day as far as praying and where to pray. And so, from this law, the Jews retained their identity as a people. They knew who they were by following this law. So, this law was very important. Now, also part of the Mosaic law was punishment. How to punish people that committed crimes? And yet, here is where the Jews manipulated and abused this law. What they did is They would use the Mosaic Law. They would manipulate it in order to retaliate against others, above and beyond what the Mosaic Law called for. And this is what Jesus is getting at. The original Mosaic Law was to limit retaliation or retribution. Instead, the Jews manipulated it in order to exceed the punishment the Mosaic Law called for. More to it, the Jews would use the Mosaic Law So as to justify retaliating and retribution against their neighbor, they would say, well, I can retaliate against my neighbor because they have offended me in this way. And the Mosaic law calls for it, in fact, accepts this type of behavior. And so Jesus is recognizing this. and He's calling these people out. Yes, the Mosaic law called for punishment, but punishment that fit the crime, not that it exceeded the crime. And this is what Jesus is trying to address here. But once again, when we read this, this is a hard gospel passage for us to read. When Jesus says, offer no resistance to evil. When a person strikes you on the right cheek, turn and offer him the other. Now, this is a hard passage for us to understand. Why? Because at a very early age, we've been conditioned to defend ourselves. I'm sure many of us, When we were in grade school, we got pushed around. Maybe in the playground, maybe standing in the line for milk. Somebody suddenly pushed us from behind. Well, our first inclination is to turn around and push that person back in order to defend ourselves. We know if we don't push back, that same person will keep pushing us and pushing us to the extent that other people will start doing it ourselves. And we become the doormat for the entire grade school class. So we know we have to defend ourselves. You know, there's that classic scene in the movie, The Untouchables, in which Elliot Ness is played by Kevin Costner. And Elliot Ness is trying to recruit Sean Connery, who plays this tough old Chicago cop, to be part of his team. In their discussion, Sean Connery asks Elliot Ness, how far are you willing to take this? And Elliot Ness says, as far as the law will take us. And so, Sean Connery says to Elliot Ness, If one of the mob brings a knife to a fight, you bring a gun. If one of the mob sends one of your people to the hospital, you send one of the mob to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And see, this is what Jesus is getting at. That's an attitude that's motivated purely on revenge and retaliation. And this is not the Christian way. Notice Jesus continues on. He says, should someone press you into service for one mile, go two miles. Well, it is a known tradition that the Roman soldiers would temporarily recruit or press people into service. Great example of this, Simon of Cyrene. In the story, it says Simon of Cyrene came from the country in order to celebrate the Passover. The soldiers, as they were attending to Jesus as he was walking with the cross they knew he was on the brink of exhaustion that he was ready to die right there in the streets well they couldn't afford that and so they had to have somebody come in and take the cross jesus was suffering from malnutrition dehydration he's been bloodied and beaten and so he was on the brink of dying right there in the streets so the soldiers panicked and they grabbed simon of cyrene well what Jesus is getting at here is an ungrudgingly generosity, such that we go above and beyond what we're called to do. So, if we are called to do something, we go above and beyond that in order to demonstrate our love and our charity for others. I'll give you a great example of this. Right now we are experiencing incredibly beautiful weather during the day. Well, say your neighbor comes up to you and asks you to wash his car. Well, According to Jesus' teaching, we not only wash his car, but we go into his house and clean the whole house. It's doing something above and beyond what we're asked to do. And that's what Christianity is all about. That's how we demonstrate the quality of our love as well as our charity. Next, Jesus says, Love your enemies and pray for your persecutors. Now, if you are a first century Jew hearing this for the first time, this would be very hard for you to accept. Because as you're listening to this, and the corner of your eye, you're watching Roman soldiers walking down a street, your street. Now realizing these Roman soldiers are occupiers, they're oppressors. And upon hearing this, now Jesus tells you you have to love those people. You say to yourself, what are you, crazy? Well, fast forward to our generation, our day and age, the 21st century. You know, we've seen, you know, the pictures of the terrorists of 9-11. We've seen the pictures of the terrorists that caused so many terrible things in Europe, so many terrorist attacks. We've seen the picture of the terrorists of Fort Hood. Now, seeing those pictures, can you imagine Jesus coming up to you and saying, well, you have to love this person? Our first inclination is, what, are you kidding me? You know, these people attacked our country. They killed thousands of innocent people and now we have to love them? That's hard. Well, the first thing we have to do is we have to really understand that term love that Jesus is using. Whenever you hear love in the Bible, the biblical definition of love is not an emotion. It's not a term of affection. Instead, it's an act of the will. To love, the biblical definition of love is to will the good of another and so we can do that we can do that even for perfect strangers give you a great example of this you're in the grocery store you're waiting to check out the person ahead of you is a complete stranger and yet you can love them you can go up to them and say I will the best life for you I will the best marriage and family I will the best career I will the best of everything for you and I will pray for you and I will advise you and counsel you and do whatever I can so that you have the best. Well, you just love that person. You will the best for them. So this is the reason why we can love all people. People that we like, especially those people that we don't necessarily like or don't get along with. Now, I would argue if we are truly able To love those people, those enemies, people we don't get along with, I think we benefit by that. How so? Well, if we are able to love all people, especially those we don't get along with, I think that's the best quality or the best test of the quality of our faith and our love. How so? Well, it's easy to be good or be nice to people that are nice back to us. But that's not an act of love. Instead, it's an act of self-interest. I'll give you a great example of this. Say you have a friend, and you are good to this friend. But this friend has season tickets to the Packer games. You, in turn, have season tickets to Brewer games. And so in this friendship, you exchange those tickets from time to time. Well, that's not an act of love. Why? Because you're expecting something in return. It's an act of reciprocity, quid pro quo. You expect to benefit by this friendship, and you do. And then it's not an act of love. Instead, an act of love is willing the good for another without accepting anything in return. So I would argue, if we can love all people, people we get along with as well as people we don't necessarily get along with, and expect nothing in return, that's a great test of the quality of our love as well as our faith. And see, Jesus is getting at this at the very end of the gospel. He says, If you love those who love you, what merit is that in you? Do not tax collectors do the same? Therefore, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Here, this is exactly what Jesus is getting at. Now, don't make the mistake of Jesus actually... telling us to be perfect. No one's perfect. You know, even perfectionists are not perfect. We all make mistakes. The only person as perfect is God himself. And so when Jesus says this, he's telling us to do just that, to love all people, especially our enemies, expecting nothing in return. And therefore, that's the best test of the quality of our faith. Now, to be perfect as the heavenly Father is perfect. Well, think of God God is sheer love itself. Therefore, when we love all people, we are participating in the will, in the divine being, in the life of God. We have to realize our God is a God that doesn't withhold love or is indiscriminate about his love. Our God is a God that loves all people equally, the good and the bad. And so we must be the same. We must Whether the people are good or bad, we must love them equally. See, when we do that, then we participate in that divine life of God. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. You can't afford not to reread this gospel passage. We are about 10 days away from beginning the season of Lent. This gospel passage is perfect to prepare us for that. We have to love all people, the good as well as the bad, and expect nothing in return. When we do that, it's the best test of the quality of our love and our faith. More to it, when we do that, then we truly participate in the life of God, which is all that he ever wants. And May the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.